Hey guys, welcome to Parenting with the Pastor's Kid, a weekly show to equip parents to restore their families and build a legacy of blessing for generations to come. My name is Brandon Gross, and my brothers and I are pastor's kids. Statistics show that nearly 50% of pastor's kids don't continue their walk with God as they become adults. What did my parents do differently? Join me as I answer your burning parenting questions to help restore your family. Let me share with you everything they taught us. Hey, what's up, guys? On this week's episode, we're going to be interviewing a very, very special guest, my dear friend, Josh Coe. Josh is not only a good friend, but he's a fellow pastor at First Assembly of God in Honolulu, Hawaii. He has many years of experience leading the youth ministry there, and he's even a pastor's kid. And so on today's episode, I'd like to welcome Josh Coe. Um, as you know, the focus on this podcast is parenting, and more specifically, nice. taking a look back into the ways that we were parented and how that affects the way that we view and relate to God as well as other people. And so mm-hmm. to kick us off, I was hoping that you could share a little bit um, about how you were raised being a pastor's kid. And, um, yeah, you know, statistics uh, show that nearly 50% of pastor's kids don't continue to walk with God when they become adults. And not only are you walking with God, but dude, you're on fire. And I know you got recently ordained as a pastor <laughs> yourself. Um, yeah. You're heavily involved in youth ministry and have been for years. And so I was just wondering if you wouldn't mind sharing some of the things that uh, your parents did growing up uh, to positively influence your walk with God. Yeah, you know, thanks, Brandon. First of all, I want to uh, just let you know that as of February, I found out that I'm going to be a dad. Yeah, awesome, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, Congratulations. so like, I'm really honored to be on this podcast because honestly, I I'm the emotions right now i mean we just did the sonogram uh i mean the first sonogram about at the beginning of march um and just seeing the heartbeat of my soon-to-be child or my child um it's just uh, incredible so um my wife and i we are so excited um in this season but yeah and so it it, it falls perfectly in line um you know as i was just thinking and reflecting um there's there's, I guess right now I'm in this like total like parenting, like, Oh, anything that I can learn to help be helping me be a better father. And, uh, um, I picked up a book and my first, I guess my first fathering book, right. It's, um, it's strong fathers, strong daughters by Dr. Meg Meeker. Mm. And I don't even know if, I don't even know if I'm going to have a daughter or not. But it's just one of those I've, I've respected Dr. Meg Meeker and watched a couple of her TED Talks. And so already I'm at that mode of wanting to be the best father that I could be for my child that's coming in October. And so uh, I'm in this journey. But um, one of the things is uh, when I thought about, you know, how can I how do I like be the, the right father? Actually, I thought I thought of my dad. And actually, my dad is, my dad has uh, been in ministry for 30 years at First Assembly of God. He became the lead pastor 20 years ago, but served 30 years. And so everything that uh, I knew basically was the church, right? I was in the church. I pretty much was went to the school here at Christian Academy. Um, and uh, I guess the one thing that my parents really uh, influenced me 
and it has to be, it's actually, I don't think it's just for pastor's kids. Um, they pretty much said that, Hey, it's not our faith. It's not our uh, belief. Um, that's going to get you to heaven. You need to have your own personal relationship with God. And whether you're a pastor's kid or whether you're, you know, a deacon's kid or a missionary's kid, or even just uh, any part of the family, you know, it comes down to having a personal relationship and encounter with God, not one that's, you know, forced upon you, but really having a true and real relationship with God. So my parents, you know, they were very, they already understood the pressures that come with being in the church. And like you said, most, a lot of pastors, kids, they totally resist the ministry uh, because they feel like it's an expectation. That's on right. Um, my parents removed all those type of expectations. Uh, it doesn't mean that we didn't feel them from people. It doesn't mean that, um, cause I have two siblings. I have an older sister and a younger brother. Um, I am the only one who's in full-time ministry. Um, but I know that they are in the perfect will of God for their life. Um, for me, I just had an encounter with God personally that helped me to hear the call of God into going into vocational ministry. And uh, uh, my parents afforded me the opportunity to choose to have that opportunity to uh, encounter and experience God in a personal way. And uh, didn't didn't force me to, you know, do what, they were doing in their life so I, I don't know if i i answered the question yeah it's kind of a it, it kind of for me it, it it's a it's a personal journey um in following jesus and um and i think my i think the lord for my parents who were willing to just let me journey through that and not saying that i didn't have times of rebellion or not actually i, I there was a point that i hated being a pastor's kid there's a point where i was like Man, it, it, in my understanding, I thought I was missing out uh, on a lot of things, um, especially when all my friends went to public school and I had to be in a private school or, you know, and uh, at a Christian school. Um, but I think that through it all, they were pretty consistent and uh, constant about the values that they shared uh, and, and even things at home. So, yeah, that's that's really I think that's what's influenced me the most is parents who are uh, just willing to help me, uh, let me journey, um, could share. I, I grew up, of course, as an Asian family, so um, it's not exactly, it, it was hard. My dad comes from a, a family that uh, his father was working all the time. He didn't receive the love and affection, uh, but he knew his dad loved him just by how he worked. Um, so, it's been a journey with my father and I how to express the love. And uh, now I, I feel like we're at a really great place. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, my parents really have impacted me in that way. Yeah, that's awesome. You know, I, I would have to say for myself, too, it's just like what you're talking about. The freedom to find your own walk was big, you know. Like, I remember I accepted Christ at age six um, in an inflatable pool, you know, on the backside of the cafeteria where we have service. And um, growing up, you know, sometimes as a kid, it's enough to say, you know, well, I believe because my parents believe. But, you know, when you get a little bit older, especially throughout high school, people start to question your faith. And, you know, that that answer is not good enough anymore. It's like, well, I, I can't just say I believe because my parents believe. It's like I have to have my own 
real, true, mm-hmm. tangible experience with God. And, you know, I just really love what you're saying about your parents, um, you know, just giving you space and providing you the freedom and, and trusting in God that that was going to happen in your own time. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, just um, even my parents, here, here's one of the things they did really good is um, in ministry, they there there are a lot of expectations, but my parents focused, focused on the perks, some of the uh, blessings that comes with being in ministry is because they poured out their invested relationships um one of the things it's like i remember in christmas we would get gifts from all sorts of aunties and uncles oh well we 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 called them aunties and uncles because basically they're part of the family of god and uh they pretty much you know uh, they're the people that my parents ministered to but at christmas we would get gifts from all of them and they would my parents would remind us uh, every Christmas, remind us that, hey, you know, we're blessed um, because to be in the ministry and, you know, you get blessings. These are some of the blessings. Um, another another thing was like uh, going on different trips, you know. And so my parents, my, my dad would have to travel. He would bring some of us along, either a sibling or I. And it was, we weren't afforded, uh, we wouldn't have been afforded the opportunity to travel uh, as much um but with uh my dad and all the con- the meetings and conferences he needed to go to he brought us along and it became very great memories and so um yeah so it, it was uh, on their side they were able to turn something that maybe most youth or uh, maybe most uh pastors kids re- maybe resent or stuff but they always turned it to the positive and as uh, parents, you know, I, I'm, I'm realizing that and when we talk through it, you know, we did have some of our fondest memories, uh, something that most kids may not even have experienced uh, if they're not in ministry. So there are there are some perks in being in a in serving God and the blessings uh, of serving and uh, being ministering to the people of God. So they always pointed that out. And I appreciate that. Uh, from them yeah travel travel is definitely a an awesome perk to have (laughs) yeah (laughs) but uh yeah so for um maybe other christian parents that might be listening out there um you know i I feel like you know you've done such an amazing job with the youth that you oversee and i remember coming by to visit and speak at the blessed family conference and i was just astounded by the level of transparency and just the culture that you had created down there. And and to me, that falls back on you as a leader because that tells me that, you know, when they're when they're able to share and be so transparent, that means they trust you and and that you're able to just uh, reach their hearts. And so I was wondering um, if you wouldn't mind sharing, I guess, being that you have many years of experience leading and working with, you know, teenage youth at your church, um, what are some of the biggest areas of struggle that you've seen um, amongst the youth uh, between them and their parents or just in general, any struggles uh, that have been kind of common? Yeah. And thank you for that's a really good question. You know, um, you know, right now we're in the COVID-19 crisis, but before all this unfolded, we were already dealing with a crisis. Uh, the crisis was suicide. The crisis was mental health issues. Mm-hmm. The crisis was depression at an incredible rate and um, uh, we were doing a prayer meeting and uh, what happened was that as we 
prayed, we finished up and, you know, we were praying for the COVID-19 thing. But after that, I had one of my student uh, students, you know, walk out of the prayer meeting and I went to go see how she was doing. And she said, oh, I just got a call that my friend attempted suicide. Then literally 15 minutes later, uh, another one of my students, you know, walked out of the service and um, was crying outside. And I said, hey, what's going on? You know, my uh, another friend had committed suicide. And to me, at that moment, I know COVID-19 was serious, but I've, al- I've always known being in ministry that one of the, the, the worst ways that the enemy is has a stronghold on uh, this generation is in mental health. And it's a real thing. Um, loneliness. If you don't know, Hawaii, according to some studies, show that Hawaii is one of the highest uh, suicide attempts. Uh, 18% of our students here, there's suicide attempts that take place, 18% uh, here in Hawaii. So um, I, when I stepped into this ministry and I saw that the arena of the mind, uh, because of social media, technology, um, because of divorced families, because of challenges in the home, the instability, uh, the uncertainty of the future, there's so many factors that contribute to the compromise of a young person's mind, wholeness, and well-being. And so one of the problems, these are one of the problems that we have really in our ministry tried to focus on. Um, and for too long, I guess the church has tried to put up an image um, of, of strength and religiosity. Um, and I say this carefully, I, I understand that it's... Um, it was, uh, it's still important holiness and righteousness and upholding that. But what happened is sometimes in the traditional sense, it created a chasm where it was in, unrelatable. And so one thing in, in this generation, uh, vulnerability is power. Vulnerability and um, just being able to have empathy and being able to be open, uh, it, it creates an ability and a power that young people are gravitate towards. And let me just break that myth that leadership um, uh, leadership is uh, based on like having it all together. No, leadership is being able to uh, share the true problems and the true emotions, but still lead with, with uh, confidence and vision. And, uh, and I find that uh, in, our, in our ministry, um, there was a breakthrough in our ministry um, in the youth ministry, when I started to get over my insecurities of my past, uh, some of the things that I struggled with um, and was really uncomfortable sharing, but I uh, joined the explicit movement, which was basically a nonprofit that was committed to talking about things that churches uh, would typically find taboo topics like sexuality and, and pornography and all these type of things. But uh, when I got my breakthrough as a leader, when I start to speak and be open and be vulnerable, transparent, that's when I saw an incredible support of young people uh, just start to open up and uh, created a, yeah, it created a culture where they can share what they're going through and leaders uh, and we're empowering and equipping our leaders to better help our students. And that's just the first step. It's just like a, incredible it's a really important foundation to set that there's a culture of safety and a culture of vulnerability a culture of transparency 
uh, that we can be able to help our students in their time of deepest and darkest need. So yeah, that to me, I think that it begins with the leader. If you want to be able to, if you want a culture of transparency, you want a culture of vulnerability, you have to be able to examine yourself first, get over certain insecurities about your past, um, find help, get healing. Uh, I went through counseling. I went to see a Christian counselor. I, I, I think, you know, in Bible college, one of the things is they offered uh, free counseling. And I, I thought, you know what, I'm, I don't have it all together. I need to talk through certain things. I need to make sure I get it off my chest and make sure that those areas and wounds in my life are healed. And so uh, because of that, uh, I was more better prepared to minister uh, and also lead the way in vulnerability, transparency, and, uh, and empower. So good. That was so good. You know, a couple of the takeaways I just got from what you were saying is parenting equals leadership. And, um, you know, that made me think of, I'm actually taking a parenting class myself that my mom's running and inside of the, the parenting group, we have a wide variety of people. We have, uh, some of us that have, you know, young toddlers, some of us with, um, you know, teenagers, some of us with adult children. Uh, and then we have two of our, um, our younger adults that they're not even married. They don't even have a significant other yet but they're already starting to invest in themselves. And, mm. and part of uh, the reason why is because we've made a strong uh, emphasis that again, parenting equals leadership. And so, you know, that's why I know uh, without a doubt in my mind, Josh, that you're going to be an incredible dad. Um, and because you're already, you're already a spiritual father to so many and you're an incredible leader. And I think we have, we can learn so much from you mm. uh, in, in our ability to create culture. That was something that I learned um, being in, in business for many years, but my old boss used to tell me culture eats strategy for breakfast. And so wow. he used to say that because, you know, we would always have a plan, a to-do list or things that we wanted to do in the office to, uh, you know, create more sales. I was a sales manager, but uh, more than the to-do list, more than the strategy is what was the culture? What were people feeling? What were they hearing? What were they experiencing when they step into this uh, team? And, and I, I think it's a unique opportunity that each of us has as parents to be able to create our own culture within our families, but for that culture to ultimately represent God and his kingdom and his kingdom culture. And, um, you know, I have an interest in marketing and I just remember, you know, one of the guys that I follow he was saying that nobody resonates with uh, like Superman, for example. If Superman was perfect, nobody could resonate with him. But as soon as they made Superman have a flaw, which was his kryptonite, you know, all of a sudden people can relate to that. And so I love what you're saying just about being transparent and being real because it's the struggle. It's really uh, through hardship and through our mistakes that people really connect with. And, and so I just I just uh, really appreciate you sharing that, you know, in regards to what you're saying about creating culture and being transparent. Um, what would you say to parents who are maybe having a little bit of a hard time doing that or maybe, you know, any top takeaways you have as far as instilling uh, culture that you've been um, that you've done such a good job with with your youth or, you know, any advice you'd have to parents who are maybe uh, struggling in this area? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think COVID-19 has presented itself an incredible opportunity for some crucial 
conversations and um, building that altar of family again. And so, um, you know, I was funny because yesterday I just I, I had a Zoom meeting with uh, a friend of mine from college and he's a uh, he's a master's degree in clinical psychology and dealing specifically with children who have been abandoned and abused. But one of the things that he said is the first thing uh, is to listen and uh, not just I think that what we could do is sometimes we easily discount the issues and the problems, right? So currently, right now, we have a lot of seniors in high school that are not going to have a graduation uh, or maybe, you know, it's being postponed or maybe a prom, right? And so a lot of these young people, these are, or maybe they can't see their friends or maybe, uh, you know, they can't, uh, you know, there's a lot of changes that have take place. And sometimes we're like, ah, just suck it up or just, you know, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, for these students, uh, it is a big deal. And I, I would say um, for parents uh, not to write off uh, the, I guess the pain that they might be going through uh, is, is something that's insignificant. Um, always look to build a bridge. Always look to uh, make a connection and um, use this time to listen. Um, I would also say um, be open with uh, your experiences. And I know they may uh, they may cuss at you. They may just like not like you. They may they may seemingly like mistreat you. But I'll tell you what, they need you, and they need you to be there, and they need you to be present. And what I mean by present, it doesn't mean that you have to kind of like even say a lot. Just be there. Um, and this is a perfect time. Like you might have to be working from your house. You're there, uh, but set some time that uh, you do some sort of activity together. Uh, one of the the, the best things I've seen about this, there, there is always uh, a good side to every, an opportunity to every opposition. Uh, I've seen so many families uh, walking with their kids and exercising with them. Like it's been the coolest thing ever to see in my driveway, all these kids and teenagers and siblings uh, walk with their parents uh, through the neighborhood again. And I just think that that's so incredibly cool it's like god got us all on the sabbath and is saying to focus back on the family and so um my encouragement to parents is set that time and uh, create create activity create a memory um do that and i know that it will create a bridge and um, just be open honest um but also you know just be willing to speak into their life uh, and listen and speak into their life and let the holy spirit guide i would say uh one more thing is you can't do this without the holy spirit so ask holy spirit like god, holy spirit how can i go about and connecting with my young person or ask holy spirit god um give me wisdom or touch my student help them encounter you help them and help us to build a stronger relationship and i think that's such an important thing is um my parents my mom is a woman of prayer so every night you know even all the way up into being like an, uh, uh, pretty much like a teenager, uh, she would literally just lay, like kneel next to my bed. You know, sometimes I'd be sleeping. I'm like, what are you doing? And then she's, she'd be praying. Uh, that spoke a lot. That we're not too old as teenagers to um, have a praying parent um, covering our mind, covering our heart, covering our spirit. Uh, we're still susceptible to so much uh, spiritual warfare. And I think that uh, definitely we need to uh, parents have a 
big place in a young teenager's life to the spiritual mental stability as well as the spiritual stability and growing with Christ. That was incredible, Josh. Thanks for sharing. You know, we're never too old to <laughs> receive a prayer or get a blessing from our parents. You know, I love the fact that um, I know, and I'm sure your parents still do this too, but I know my parents are, are constantly praying for me uh, even mm-hmm. to this day. And they know that, you know, parenting doesn't end at 18 or mm. 21 or 21, you know, it's, it's an ongoing lifelong thing. And so I just, um, yeah, I wanted to thank you for pointing that out. That was amazing. Yeah. I just, I want to just say parents, uh, I have such a respect for you. And I think that, um, you, it's a thankless role. Uh, I think that oftentimes uh, you're, you're in the front lines and soon I will understand that. And uh, Pastor Brandon here, he, he understands that um, I am eager, but then I also know that it's not easy. It's not going to be easy. And um, I've had to deal with teenagers. So I just want to take this time to really appreciate and let you know that you're doing a good job. And if you continue to seek the Lord, if you, uh, if you surround yourself, if you're open to advice, if you seek the help, um, that really um, you can be the parent, the father and the mother that God desires you to be. And um, he's given us uh, the ability and we don't have to be afraid. And so um, I just want to encourage you, look to the Heavenly Father. Um, if you need help, uh, seek Seek the Heavenly Father, um, but also seek for help. Surround yourself with good people, great parents, and asking them how they do it because I really am ramping up for this whole parenting thing um, and uh, just surrounding myself with the type of community that I want to uh, definitely model after. So just thank you, parents, for all that you do and uh, appreciate you guys. Awesome. Hey, Josh, thanks again so much for being on today. We really appreciate your time. If listeners out there want to learn more about you or get some more information, uh, how can they get connected to you? Well, uh, the events are all pretty much uh, on uh, hold and postponed in person. But you can definitely check out our youth ministry on our 12 uh, YouTube channel. It's 12 Youth, uh, the spelt out 12 um, space youth. And there we have our youth services. Um, We try our best to be excellent and in reaching out to this next generation. And I guess with this whole COVID-19, we're stepping out. We, we've been doing uh, daily devotionals on 12.redhill uh, on our Instagram. So you can follow us. Maybe, you know, a young person is like, hey, just check it out. Or, um, But ultimately, uh, we also, through our YouTube channels, are trying to put out resources for parents. And also, one more thing is Explicit Movement, explicitmovement.org. That is our website. I also am a, is a nonprofit. And like I said, we deal with uh, help, help students and parents. Uh, we talk about these things from a biblical standpoint of sexuality, identity, and uh, destiny. So check it out, explicitmovement.org. And uh, you can check out the resources we have there. We have a 21-day um, interactive journal that your student that's for your student that you can buy online. And uh, yeah, I definitely think that will be helpful for you. Hey, guys, thank you so much for being a part of today's episode. If you enjoyed today's episode and have received value from this channel, I'd like to invite you to share this podcast with your friends and family. 
I pray that as you sit before the Lord, you would put just one person on your heart that you can share this podcast with. And if you're sharing this podcast through social media, don't forget to tag me at Pastor's Kid 808. God bless you and your Ohana. Ohana means family, and family means nobody gets left behind.